Hello and welcome to Game the System Podcast, episode 30. Wait, wow. Have we already done 30? Oh, really? No. No, no this is 30. We're doing 30 now. <laughs> We've already done 29. <laughs> yes. Yep. Hello and welcome to Game the System Podcast, episode 30. A podcast about the people that play retro, arcade, modern, pinball, board games and everything in between. It's still the 17th of January, 2019. Mm. Sorry, Mark. And my name's Mark Bell. My name's John. My name's Matt. How's it going? <laughs> I'm feeling um, a little bit guilty that we're guilty. Dis- disappointing Mark Williams. Why are we disappointing Mark Williams? By recording split episodes from the <laughs> podcast. Oh, I see. That's all right. He'll live with it. Yeah. Yep. We're coming to you from the past. <laughs> <laughs> kind of are. Yes. So what's been going on, dudes? The one thing I forgot <laughs> to talk about. The one thing you forgot to talk about. Yeah. In the previous episode. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us. Actually, before you go on to that. Yeah. Um... We've reached our annual one-year milestone. Oh, we did? Ooh. I thought we reached it last time. We sort of did. Uh-uh. Oh. As in, we recorded some stuff a while ago, oh. but that's going to be put into the previous podcast. But either way, the previous one or this one, hmm. uh, yeah, we've been going for a year now. Wow. Yeah, 29th of January is our anniversary. Okay. Ooh. So that's pretty cool. Cool. A year's worth of podcast. Does that mean we have to buy each other anniversary gifts? Maybe. <laughs> or recycle some gifts from <laughs> other areas. If you'd like to recycle some of your collection into my collection, mm-hmm. that would work for me. Right. <laughs> I'll think about it. Oh, excellent. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we've been going uh, for a year, so that's uh, pretty cool. And thanks to you guys for sticking around and doing this, and especially to John for editing and doing his bits and pieces. <laughs> it's very much appreciated. This is the only way I could ever get anyone to listen to me. So <laughs> it's kind of like a cathartic experience. Right. Is that, that the right word? It's funny because it's true. Mm. Mm. Yep. I mean, I'm assuming people are listening. Yeah, maybe someone out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, lay us with Laius. Give us stories <laughs> of your gaming adventures. In a, in a previous podcast, I mentioned I was chasing the world record. Well, a, a, a high score on mm-hmm. Kaboom for mm-hmm. the Atari 2600. A world record. Come on, let's be I honest. I mean, technically. Yeah, technically. I mean, is it? Is it <laughs> Factually. Uh, <laughs> technically is factually right leave it up to him to choose a game where he can't actually have like without a doubt the <laughs> highest score <laughs> true <laughs> anyway why would i bring it up again because obviously i got the score hooray Yay. well done yeah that was cool <laughs> i have seen the video hmm. four hours yeah four hours that's a pretty good stint mm-hmm of yeah. watching bombs fall down a screen yep. yeah. and wiggling a knob really fast. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of drama. <laughs> there was a few I mean, uh, emergency oh, maintenance. that's right. I heard about pauses. this. Pauses. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, it, I mean, 
I'm sure I tested the controller before I started. But of course, <laughs> as you start, it's it seems a little off. Oh, as I started this attempt, it seemed off. And then about, about 200,000, I'm like, oh, it's, it's not going to be playable for much longer. So yeah, mid-attempt, I stopped and took apart the controller, <laughs> mm. did some work on it. <laughs> And you were going for 999,999. <clears throat> yeah, which is the max maximum score. So yeah. did you stop like in between levels where, because it pauses like when you reach, well, it's not a level. It's like when you reach a certain points, right? Points yeah. Um, no, nah, so it like every wave, I guess, right. runs for about 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. It's every 1,200 points okay. or so. And is that, and so he stops dropping bombs. Yeah. And then you press the button and he starts again. Yeah. Was that when you had to open up the controller? Um, well, I, I had my my strategy for this whole thing was to have a break every 100,000 points. Mm-hmm. So you get to 100,000 and just stand up and walk away, mm-hmm. look outside, look out the window, mm. and then come back, sit down and play. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like every 15 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ish. Right. Okay. So just on one of those, instead of having the break, oh, I actually think I had the break and then came back and said, oh, I've decided I'm going to bust open the controller. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I watched all of that. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> it's not the first time I've had to do that either. <laughs> like, mm. Yeah. But, but what, what I was wondering was when you're busting open the controller, did you have to be really careful not to press the button? Yes. So that the game started again? Because on a previous attempt, I actually did that. Accidentally. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm, I've highlighted that on my stream, so you can go back and watch the moment it happens. Oh, nice. I found it really funny. <laughs> yeah. What score were you up to at the time? I think also 200. Wow. Yes, this, this is like the, the the low point of controller, you know, workingness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 200,000. What's 200,000? Is that about an hour in? No, not even. Maybe half an hour. Or if, if yeah, I don't know, timing. 20, 45? No, nah, it's less. It It's, well, how do you divide it up? It's four hours. Is a million. Math. Yeah, I know these things. It, yeah. it must be like, it's best it's half an hour. But. Okay. Right. <laughs> That's not too bad then. Hmm. Hmm. So towards the end of the run. Four, how, how oh, really? You? Wait, that oh. no, can't be right. I don't know numbers. <laughs> I, I mean, the zone when I'm just playing. designed like a electronic gadget. <laughs> so four hours, you, you can't nine hundred ninety nine thousand in half. Okay, so two hours is five hundred thousand. Okay, so so one hour, so hour two fifty. Oh yeah, okay. So it's more than half an hour. There you go. And less than wow. One. Yeah. Unlike me to be right <laughs> with math, because you know, I have dyslexia when it comes with math, but. You mean numerolexia? Sure. <laughs> Let's say that. <laughs> I have a speech lexia. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, towards the end of the run, how were you holding up? Well, there was another controller problem at the end, which was also pretty funny. It just started squeaking. That was good. Oh. <laughs> that made the video, in my opinion. <laughs> it just added to the stress of the whole thing. <laughs> that was just hilarious. Were you thinking it was just going to stop working? or Yeah, because that's never happened before. <laughs> but didn't you... You had the second one... Did you have the second one ready to go? Or No, so the... Because the, Atari paddles, they're, they're paired together. Mm. It's only... It's two controllers, but it's only one port. Mm. So you can only play on one of them. Mm-hmm. Like you would need another whole set to do right. to be able to swap controls in, and I don't have that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, it was really funny. Well, it was probably the last 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. And it started squeaking. Yeah. So the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, towards the end, it was stressful. And uh, yeah, I guess the nerves came in. All mm-hmm. the my was it like energy drinks hey. were wearing off or something <laughs> like that. Was there a gradual building of like, I could do this. Like I could, I could yeah, get I that's, it. That's when it keeps yeah, in. Trying not to yeah. think about that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you like that before where okay. you're, you're doing deep breathing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the thing is, uh, I mentioned on the thing as well, like I find that I hold my breath a lot when I'm playing. Yeah. I think that's pretty oh, normal. I just so, had, so I'm just playing normally and I do finish a wave and then breathe hmm. and then, and then start. I and just had finish a wave and breathe. Like a sniper. <laughs> I just had an awesome idea. Uh, you're going to make millions. <laughs> Take that video. Just call it ASMR. <laughs> ASMR kaboom yeah. and then just uploaded. You haven't seen these AMSR ASMR, A-ASMR videos? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's about um it's kind of like meditation with sound. So people you know basically they get into their microphones and like make these noises where they've got like a balloon or something and yeah. it's meant to be like meditative kind of thing. Mm. And it's particular people that it triggers. Right. So it's petite, like for some people, those kind of sounds, like these, like mm. a whispering and that, mm. like they get this like tingly feeling. Mm. Huh. So I think there's, when you're doing this psychological stuff, there's an element of like confirmation bias in there. You know, people who believe that it's going to work for them mm. are more likely to feel something like any kind of spiritual thing or, mm. um, yeah, I think it's one of those things. I think it's, yeah, to me, it's essentially a type of meditation, you know, which is which is good. But, yeah, if you go to YouTube and check it out, there is some really weird stuff on there. Yeah. Hmm. And it's even just like people like breathing into mics like, you know, well, you guys can't hear what, you guys can't hear I, what it sounds like. I heard like. that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> anyone got grossed out by that but yeah you just triggered someone yeah <laughs> things like that and i can imagine listening to a squeaky con- controller on kaboom could uh work that way and that squashed <laughs> grape sound squashed grapes are oh, the buttons yeah when you're pressing the button <laughs> on those paddles yeah it just sounds weird yeah yeah and when you were explaining it's because there's two yeah there's actually two buttons in there it's two dome two the metal domes uh, under one, the red the red cap is like the one thing that's kind of rectangular, mm-hmm. and either side you could click down or both at the same time, and you kind of get oh. when you press when you press it in the middle, it kind of mushes both of the domes, and they both click. Yeah, right. Hence yeah. the squash grape sound. I, I suppose it, <laughs> it's pretty clicky though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well done. That's yeah, and it got cool. verified as well. So I yeah. posted it on Twitter, and it, it, it didn't take long. No, it's very quick. Yeah. What a week and a half, two weeks at best. Mm. Yeah. So is mm. your world record plaque incoming, or I suppose I should get one. Yeah. You tell me how to get it. <laughs> yeah. You go to your profile on Twin Galaxies. Yeah. You go to your um, what's it called? Rankings, I think it's called uh-huh. in your profile. It'll have your Kaboom score. Then on the very far right, it'll say buy a certificate. Oh. That's all you do. Okay. 
Hmm. I've got cool. one incoming. Yeah. Hmm. As in, it's been shipped. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Maybe it'll arrive tomorrow. A second one. A second one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I got one originally for the tournament uh, score for mm. Girls and Ghosts. Yeah. The second one's the marathon score. Okay. Yeah. Get the whole set. Game. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not indeed? Cool. Congrats. Mm. I really liked also the th- the the thread because um, there was a bunch of people in there that were really impressed by what you did and talked about how it's great that there's, you know, PAL scores and there needs to be more PAL Atari scores. And yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's cool. I mean, okay. I, I, they, I'm, I, they all sound really encouraging. I think they're, they're, that's the community, mm. the people that are doing the <laughs> re- submission reviews. Mm. Oh, my God. There's nice people? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Wow. <laughs> Sometimes there's nice people on the internet. Mm. Mm. And it's a lot of the same people you see around the, the Atari area, like the same guy. So, I recognize a lot of the names as well. Mm. Mm. Is well, it from like Atari age? or No, like... The, on Twin Galaxies, the Atari submissions, like the same oh, guys right. posting and reviewing other things. So I looked at a bunch of them because I was trying to figure out how to, you know, I did some reviews and also, you know, what, am I, like, what am I trying to include and that stuff. Mm, yeah. Atari Guy 86 and Atari King and Retro Atari Guy. Yep, that's them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're registered usernames. Yeah. <laughs> John, do you have something else to talk about? Yeah, I got um, finally the Wonder Boy 3 on Switch remake. Ah, Dragon's Trap. Yes. Yep. And I've been playing that. Um, And it's been really good. Hmm. Yeah. So, for people that don't know, it's a Sega Master System game. Was it arcade first? No. Okay. No, it's Master System right. exclusive. Mm-hmm. Oh, there might be a version on the X86000 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's Master System. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it was re fully redone. Uh, I don't know if it's specifically for Switch, but came out, I think, last year or yeah. something like that. No, it's that. on all the modern consoles. Right. I've got a PS4 version. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Art is really nice. Yeah, it's all um, hand-drawn. Yep, all the sound's been redone as well. Lots mm-hmm. of detail added into the backgrounds and the music. Like, the music is really cool. Um, mm. The arrangements are much more interesting. Um, I mean, the music was good, I think, in the game, but obviously they're limited by the hardware. Mm. Uh, and they've really done an awesome job, I think, um, taking the... Um, the feeling of the music and using instruments to recreate it. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's really nice, um, very nice looking, and it's the same same group that's doing Streets of Rage Four, which yeah, is cool. That's right. Um, so I'm excited about that. But yeah, I've been playing this game, and when we played it for the Master System battle, um, I got stuck, and. Matt got stuck in pretty much the same spot as yeah, me. Yeah. What spot is that? We went oh, right pretty when early. we should have gone left. Ah, that old trick. Um, yeah, I think it was that, but it wasn't just that. It was 
Because I went left as well and, like, went as far as I could, but then hit a wall after that. And I don't even remember what the answer was, but I got over that barrier playing this one. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I noticed about this is, apart from all the graphical updates and stuff, there's a few little things that kind of help you along the way. So the guy that... The password guy, the password pig... Mm-hmm. in the main town he actually gives you like little hints in this version not necessarily always helpful he just says things um you sure he didn't do that in the master system version uh well when i switched to retro version all it is is like him with the password oh okay all right. so i that i don't that think so then. and mm-hmm. i don't remember it from when we did our battle mm-hmm. um The other thing I noticed that's helpful, the little kind of hints that they give you or help that they give you, is that they actually tell you exactly how much defense you have in total or how much defense or attack from the weapons and stuff in total. Mm. And if the item gives you like a special ability, it tells you what it is in the shop. So like for the dragon armor, it gives you immunity to lava. It actually tells you. Hmm. And yeah, it doesn't... When you switch back to retro mode, all it does is have the name of the item and hmm. how much it is. Right, yeah. Um, so I think once you buy it, you can see the amount of defense or attack. And it. I think it says plus special, so like plus a special ability, but it doesn't tell you what it is. Hmm. Um so there's a few little extra like help you know helpful things that i think they've just added in because you know in modern more modern games we're used to that sort of thing Mm. um and i think it was actually really helpful the other thing is it's got like a how to play screen you can go in there and it tells you all the controls and what the characters do and how to use their abilities how to use the magic and what it doesn't tell you exactly what the magic does but tells you how to use it because that was one thing that even when i first played the game couldn't figure out how to do the magic although hmm. in on master system there's only two buttons so it's like duck attack i think or no up, I think and, it's attack. up and attack yeah. yeah yeah so obviously in this you have a magic button hmm. um what else yeah i mean i think that's pretty much it but i heard the something that uh i forget what it's called but the thing that lets you change your form mm-hmm you can get that earlier or, or just do it. Or really? Like that. Yeah, I heard something. You, yeah, you might be right. As in just do it on the fly. Is there something in the Master System 1 that lets you do it on the fly? I th- or do you always have to go to that place? I think there's a there's an item you can get that mm. allows you to do that. Yeah. But it's really late game Yeah. from memory. But yeah, this is from memory... So I thought that the, that developer interview I've heard, you mentioned that was one of the things like... Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, I can't quite remember. Mm. Well, I've got to that point where I've found the place where you can change. Yeah. But I haven't got an item that can do it. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Unless, like, I might have missed it. But yeah. I'm Actually, I got to a point where I was stuck because I changed to Mouse Man and then realized that I need to be... Waterman to go where I want. Waterman. Waterman. Lizard Man. <laughs> Let's call him Waterman. The, no, Lizard Man's the dragon, right? Hmm. 
I think he's is he Piranha Man? Yeah, that's it. Something Piranha like Man. That. <laughs> um, but then I can't get back to that room to change forms without being Piranha Man because I need to be able to swim over a little ledge. Yeah. Hmm. So there must be something else that I have to do as Mouse Man to get past because I just I chose who I wanted to be and I could hmm. get out once I'd chosen. Hmm. Um, and I picked up the like a power band that allows me to break certain blocks. And I thought I needed to be Mouse Man to go and break some blocks. And then after doing some walking around, found out that, yeah, I want to be Piranha Man, but I can't mm. get back now, so I'm stuck again. Mm, right. <laughs> but there must be something I can do as him, yeah. Have you gone up the, the pyramid as Mouse Man? Uh, I think so, but I haven't okay. been back there since I got the block-breaking ability. Right. So maybe I need to do that. Mm. Yeah. I was um, farming gold as well. Yeah. After that pyramid, there's the first pig man you ever see with that throws the spears. Mm-hmm. And he often drops a bag of gold that's like 25 or whatever to 30, sort of around that. And then there's the little house and there's a chest inside. And every time you go back to that screen, it all resets. So you go in the house... And then you come back out and you jump as soon as you come back out because he throws a spear at you and then you turn around <laughs> and hit him and he dies. You pick up the gold, mm. you go back in, come mm. back out, mm. jump, hit him, pick up the gold, and then you keep doing that. Classic. Yeah. yeah. And you build up the gold pretty quick Yep. that way. Mm. Yep. Yeah, it's a cool game. Yeah. yeah. And they did a really good job on that remake as well. Mm-hmm. And I like, um, I said before in another podcast... I like that when they were remaking that game, they found secret rooms in that game that no one had ever found in the, I don't know, what is it, 20, 30 years since the game's been out. Wow. And, yeah, it's pretty amazing Mm -hmm. because that game is very Mm in-depth. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yep. Yeah. It's a cool game. It is pretty cool. Is it it like, I mean, it's got that Metroid style to it. Hmm. It's Metroidvania-ish. Right. What's the difference between that and Metroid? Because you're essentially finding a place that gives you an ability to get through, you know, some barrier. Mm. And that's that's what Metroid is, right? Mm. Yeah. I think the only difference there is, and maybe why they call Wonder Boy 3 a bit of a sort of like an action RPG, is that it's... Um, you're buying stuff, mm-hmm. so you're collecting money and buying stuff. Right. Whereas in Metroid, you don't get money. Right. You just sort of discover items. That it's purely like find this item that can open this door, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas in Wonder Boy, you could, if you wanted to sit there and and grind that gold out, you yep. could get the most expensive armor in the game right at the beginning. Yeah. 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 So Doesn't that's the kind of Castlevania have like the hearts, the currency, or something. No. What what is that? That's like your um, magic, isn't oh, it? Some mammal. Or like a yeah, a special weapon. Special weapon. like daggers or axes. So there's no buying or anything. There uh There I'm might be to in like cuz Castlevania not in 4 or before. That. No, but Castlevania 2 is very different. Castlevania 2 is 
a little bit more open worldish. You're going to, you're exploring places, getting particular items to get to other areas. Mm. I think it's the only one like that, actually. Uh, no, that's not true because the the Igavanias, they're very <laughs> RPG like. You're collecting money, you're buying stuff from stores and yeah. stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's different through the through the timeline of Castlevania. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But otherwise, then with Metroid, is it you're always adding to your abilities, like you're gaining power yeah. all the time, other than rather than switching. You know, switching form to get a ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. You're not really going back and forth, changing forms and stuff like that. You're always adding towards your abilities. Mm. Mm. Cool. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So it's cool how the game holds up over time. It's still quite simple, um, you know, compared to modern games, but it's fun to play and it's it is complex in terms of that there's a lot to do and you know you you go over the same areas over and over but you always find something new you know sometimes Mm. you don't but Mm. (laughs) um you know you think oh maybe i need to go left again and there's something there that i missed or i can do now Mm. yeah that's a good game yeah agreed Is my turn. It's your turn. Um, okay. It, <laughs> it's a Atari update. Kind of. Beep, 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 beep. Do we have an Atari time sound? We don't have nah. it. Well, no. Well, I had River Raid update, but then after oh, that, that it stopped. Right. Yeah, true. Yeah. This is semi River Raid. I got show and tell. <laughs> Shit. He's brought something out of his pocket. Yeah, out of my pants. Is this out a card pants. sent to you by Ben from... No. Um, I might have mentioned that. <laughs> Hell uh, is that? When I do the, it's got a little joystick on it. When I do the pro- reprogramming or programming for the cartridges, mm-hmm. this whole time I've had it out on a breadboard. Mm-hmm. So it's like your prototyping board. You Ooh. plug the things in. It's a bunch of wires. Mm-hmm. Works, but I found it's a little unreliable. Right. So <laughs> I I went to the trouble of like getting PCBs printed up with the wow the circuit cool. For the, EPROM programmer. Yep. And so that's what I've done. And I'm using a new manufacturer. So all the all the Ooh. cartridges were done at Osh Park. Yeah. <laughs> and someone recommended I use PCB way. And so that's what this is. So they, And have you decided they're better? I don't know. <laughs> it costs about the same. It's probably a little faster. Mm. It's right. more of a pain to get the <laughs> send the things, but I don't know, maybe I'll use it. They look impressive. They're from blue. What I'm seeing. You can choose the color. That's a. That's you can a, choose a, the color yeah. of the PCB. Osh Park is always that's purple. Huge. You can't choose. This, mm. I chose blue. Hmm. So I have a bunch of boards here. These are like, you have to buy five as well. Right. Ah. So I only need one. Yep. Yeah. Let's do the rest. 
So yeah, so I got all the bits stuffed in this one. Board. What's, what's the little the little shaft? It's a it's a zip socket for the chip, oh. so you can drop it the chip in here, the EEPROM, and you lock it down with that. Right. And, yeah. Oh, so this is a EEPROM program. This is the EEPROM programmer. Also with a cartridge slot on it, so you can get the mm. cartridge, in, and I got a cartridge to plug it right cool. in. For example, wait. <laughs> so when you plug the cartridge in, yeah. What do you, what do you do? And then plug this. Okay, there's a microcontroller that you plug into your PC, and that. And you can, so you, know, you can directly program an EEPROM that's already in a cartridge. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. No, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I that's, think so. That's what I mean. That's been one of the things I designed into the, the River Aid board that I could do that. Yeah. So can you. That's madness. Does that mean if you had the right um, like cartridge slot for other types of cartridges, you could do the same thing? Um, well, it's only going to work with my, my carts. Yeah. So hang on. Let, let's dial this back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you have designed yeah. a PCB yeah. for an EPRO, EEPROM programmer yeah. that is also that also has a cartridge slot yeah. that you can put your PCB designed for an Atari twenty six hundred cart. Yeah. Plug it into that and program those cartridges via this EEPROM yeah. programmer. Yeah, so I don't have to take That's the chip crazy. out, that, like bust open the cartridge, take the chip out, put it in, you know, just the plain old chip socket program that way. No, I could do it straight from the cartridge. How did you do that? Oh, the secret, the secret recipe is that there's a, inside the cartridge here, there's a jumper. I actually have to pull out the jumper for it to work. So when the jumper's on, it's... It's only playable in the system. Mm-hmm. And when the jumper's off, it's programmable. So that's that's the only trick because actually there's not enough pins to... They don't expose, you know, and an you extra can, pin here. Actually, all the pins on these Hari cartridges are used yeah, by something. I'd except for... So. There's two ground pins, but it seems like you need both of them, I kind of found. So <laughs> all I'm doing here is when you pull the jumper, one of the, one of the pins, one of the extra ground pins becomes the right, the right pin for the... Right enable pin for the chip the prom. The right pin for the right job. The, yeah. <laughs> so there's a <laughs> So when we're holding I, I'm holding it right now in my hand. I'm the touching River the shaft. T E cartridge. Hmm. Um, there's a jumper in here. Yeah. Well it's hard to explain, but the, the usual you look up the skirts of the Activision carts, you can see right up. Look up the skirt. Yeah. You can, you can see up there. <laughs> you can see its jumper. Yeah. There's a, yeah, there's a jumper there. Yeah. That usually wouldn't be there for normal Atari. Yeah, no. No, because what would... I'm going to select with that. That's pretty amazing that you had the foresight to do that. Well, it's because, because like I said, I don't, you don't... You have to wreck these labels to get them off, right? Put so much effort into this. <laughs> so <laughs> if I wanted, did. if I wanted one that, I, if there was a bug, this is what I was thinking. If there's a bug, mm. what do I do? Mm. You know, in this way, I can fix it without having to bust them open. Yeah. Mm. So what happens if you uh, pull that jumper off and then put it into the? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I tried this. <laughs> it, it at one point, cold. I'm like, um, oh, I get it. <laughs> I get it. That was funny. I said it gets cold. Uh, uh, you pulled the jumper off. Yeah. So um, <laughs> Matt still doesn't get it. No, I get it. It's just not. It's just not laughing. 
because um, when I first got these, these like with the the boards with this design, the pick the uh, cartridges with this design, I tried it with that jumper because I wasn't sure if it was required or not. And yeah, you need it. It just corrupts the the ROM. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why exactly. Um, Probably because it's trying to ground or <clears throat> do something weird. Through yeah, that but what pin. I what I did in particular is make sure that when it's grounded, it's in the the not writable state. Mm-hmm. And so it should it should be correct right hmm. but i think at the point you switch on the system it's not stable so right. something funny happens and then it settles into the normal state hmm. and in that point that's when you're crafting it yeah right. so the jumper keeps the jumper keeps the the prom you know read only mm-hmm. yeah hmm. so this might be a um a silly question hmm. there are no silly questions on this podcast how do we adapt this technology to make this into some kind of writer for other cartridges <laughs> okay it doesn't really work that way i'm guessing well this only works yet because it's a custom cartridge that i made mm. um so well, anything else making usually cartridges is okay okay so i did some work looking at the super nintendo carts <laughs> yes and um <laughs> The first problem with Nintendo is you need to have the lockout chips mm. or something. It's a proprietary thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, in general, you're always going to have a donor cartridge anyway. Mm. Um, the And there's there's a bunch of things to... Okay, so the other part was all the existing Atari carts were all the UV erasable EEPROMs, mm-hmm. which I didn't want. I need the electrically erasable. That's why mm. that's part of why I made my own thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. But on there, I've seen some options, some ready-made things for, mm. s- for SNES carts mm-hmm. that you can just plug in EEPROMs. Mm. You can actually desolder the ROM chip that's on an existing board mm-hmm. and put in a socket and then put in the EEPROM mm. and it works fine. Mm. So then you don't need a, the lockout for the... Like, so it's a the donor board is basically an existing cartridge that's the oh. same type as the game you want to play. Oh, so you just change the wrong chip. Mm. Yeah, yeah, right. I understand. I'm sure I've seen also like that you can just buy boards that are ready to accept oh, a yeah. ROM chip. You, yeah, you can buy whole boards yeah. as well. But since you need to have a donor anyway, mm. like what? Right. I mean, it depends what you want to do. Maybe I was looking at a thing for like Mega Drive games as well, where I saw that. I just remember. I think it was a John John Riggs video where he was talking about making them and he just bought like a board and then a ROM chip and he had a writer. He yeah. wrote to the ROM, yeah. put the ROM on the board and mm. it was ready to go. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty amazing. That's my story. <laughs> so <laughs> you've built all this custom stuff. Mm. You can't just stop at one Atari cart. Sure, no. the Kaboom's coming next. Oh, yeah, well, maybe. Oh, at least one of these <laughs> is not going to have a Raid label on it, and that'll be like, you know, the whatever cartridge. It's like my Harmony cartridge or something. <laughs> oh, what game am I playing now? Let's put it in there. And... BSS's mm. Harmony cartridge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Only holds two games at a time. <laughs> nice. Cool. Yeah, that's very awesome. There's one funny thing because you're doing the um, yeah the design of these things, not knowing how it's going to turn out in the end. And actually, this this zip socket it's too big to fit in the drills, what they call it, the holes that you're supposed to put these through hearts through hole parts through. Mm-hmm. It's too small. 
So how all these paths fit except for the, the ZIF socket because the, the pins aren't round. Mm-hmm. They're like rectangular. So is that just like soldered to the surface or something? It's not soldered right now. That's what you're just sitting there. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, really? I may need a socket for my socket is what I'm saying. Hmm. A socket so I can fit the ZIF socket onto the board. But yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Actually, this is optional because if you've got the cartridge ready-made, that's all you need anyway. Yep. The ZIF socket is if you add the bare chip, the, the chip by itself, you can do the same programming. And is that ZIF socket, um, using that, can you program other ROMs besides Atari ROMs? Um, yeah, but only the type, the these um, 8K right. ROMs. Mm-hmm. So nothing bigger. Hmm. Okay. That's very impressive. I well am done. impressed. Mm. Okay. Mm. I haven't put this stuff on the forum. Like, I've, I've been neglecting my thread. I need to do a catch-up post. <laughs> mm. I think all of us have been neglecting the forum. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, do a write-up because um, seeing the pictures helps. And, yeah. and looking at this thing. Yeah, it looks really, really cool. Mm. Looks very clean. The bottom doesn't look clean. <laughs> oh, no, that looks clean enough to me. No, I, I tried to clean the flux residue off with, with isopropyl, which I thought you are supposed to use. And mm. I think the plastic, there's some layer of, mm. there's some coating yeah, on that that came up. Yeah. yeah. But it hasn't gone through the traces or anything. No, like I don't that, think. So. Yeah. Looks like a bored one. What does the button do? Reset. Oh. What does the switch do? Oh... Uh, because actually, I'm not sure if I'm going to have another version of the cartridge. Um, and that's just a backup option if I have to change the way that the the right enable pin is. is So I can set the right enable to be high, mm. active high or active low. Mm-hmm. The chips are always active low. Mm. But I'm on, on this one, I run it through an inverter. The thing I mentioned where the, the right enable pin is always grounded, that's always low which means I have to invert it to get it to, before I send it to the chip. Mm-hmm. But I may change that in a future version of the cartridge. So that, that, that's a future thing for me to... Yeah. In case I change the design, I can just flip that switch and it's okay. Hmm. Mm. Future feature implementation. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it says on this PCB printed, BSS was here. Yeah, yeah, I did that. I did that on the cartridge as well. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's very cool. Why is, not to prolong this hmm. further than it needs to be, but why is this elevated, this little it's, other PCB elevated above? Yeah, so the microcontroller is basically in a socket. It's not It's not quite a socket. It's like these pin headers. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's so that it's it's the most expensive part. So that I can take that out and put it somewhere else if I want to. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, instead of soldering it straight down to the board. Yep. Yeah. So there's no reason for it to be raised as high as it would. No, I just have a bunch of those these pin headers that I'm using in right, sockets, okay. yeah, mm. and they're they're really tall. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Color me impressed. Okay.
What about you, John? What have you been up to? I've been playing a mobile game. <laughs> what? <laughs> Tell us about this mobile game. So, farm as, friends? No. What? It's been. I've been seeing the ad for it. You know, as you Angry do. Birds. No. Yeah. It's called um, Seeger Heroes or something like that. What's it called? I've forgotten. Yeah, Seeger Heroes. Seeger Heroes. Yep. It's a match three game. What's a match oh. three game? Oh, okay. <laughs> like match three. Columns or Puyo. Yeah, like yeah. something. Yeah. Um, no, like uh, the gems one. What's that called? Columns. Bejeweled. Bejeweled. Yeah. yeah, that's match three game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what right. you mean, right? Or Candy Crush. Candy Crush. Hmm. It's um, that one. Yeah. 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 There's lots of these games. I played a Marvel one before. There's this particular formula now like a lot of mobile games it's all designed to get you to spend money Hmm. it's all designed to push you into feeling like you need to spend money to buy more power Hmm. um and i've got this thing with these games where i've decided like i will never ever put money into them because of that because of the way that they're designed right um yes (laughs) so because they're free to download, yep. so you don't have to pay anything to download, but then it, it, it tries to like push you into you, a situation yeah. where you feel like you need to spend money on yep. power. Yep. And it's always they always have like at least two different types of currency, if not more. Um, you know, it's, it's like the Clash of Clans formula almost, hmm. um, but it's become even more distilled over time. So the the last one that I did was yeah the, there's a Marvel one and um like a lot of Marvel games it was done very badly <laughs> and I've been seeing this ad for this Sega one that keeps popping up you know probably cuz Google knows how much I like Sega <laughs> <laughs> and uh I thought it sounds really cool like the idea of using all the Sega characters and like I'll give it a shot why not I know that Sega published. Yes, so that was one of the other things. I'm like, at least it's, at least it's a Sega game. So, Mm. at least they make games. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought I'll give it a shot, but you know, you know how these things always go. But uh, yeah, I kind of just like to see how far you can go before you get to a stage where I can't go any further. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually, what happens is you. It starts out fine and then you get to a point where you can do it for free. You never need to spend money, hmm. but it takes so long to to get to like the next point yeah. that it's literally impossible. Like, well, no, not literally impossible. It's like, you know, you'd be spending hours and hours, yeah. you know, it's like an exponential thing that just goes mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. Um, and then it always goes up. So you'll never, even if you get to that next point, then the next one just takes even longer to get to, mm. you know. So, yeah, so I thought, check it out, see how it goes. Maybe, you know, they've eased off that kind of thing. Um, I was really wrong with that, <laughs> <laughs> that thought. Um, it started out pretty cool. Like, you start out with um, Amy from Sonic, which yeah. is like this little pink hedgehog. Yeah. Um, and then Is she a hedgehog? Yes. Okay. Because the game makes a point of telling you that. Right, okay. And is act- it, 
So he can have a girlfriend of the same race. Yeah, so he can have a normal relationship <laughs> yeah. between Sonic and another character, <laughs> as opposed to something really weird yeah. and awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you start out with her and Axe Battler, the guy from Golden Axe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have this funny banter where she's like, Axe Battler, but you've got a sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Saying what everyone's thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it's there's a lot of that sort of thing. Like there's another one. So you get is it I I from um, Monkey Super Ball. Monkey Ball? Yeah. And she's like, "How do you breathe inside that ball?" <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "I breathe through my nose, just like everyone else." <laughs> You're silly. <laughs> he says a lot of funny things. Mm. And yeah, so first I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Like all the banter was really cool. Mm-hmm. And and recognizing like the games that they came from all their special moves like they do all the same moves that they do in the games that they're from mm-hmm. like axe battler's special is he throws the magic um things up in the air and then there's like the explosions just like in golden axe all right um so he's special as like an aoe mm. um amy has a hammer so i don't know i don't know i, I, I think played. that's canon right yeah, yeah. Um, and I got Blaze Fielding, and Fielding. who's that? Streets oh, of Rage, of course. Yeah. And if you just said Blaze, yeah, I would have went. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Streets of Rage, but you said Fielding, Fielding. <laughs> um, and she does all the attacks from Streets of Rage One, so all her moves are based off Streets of Rage One. Hmm. Uh, and I ended up replacing I I with Death Adder from Golden Axe because. As like a early bonus, they're giving everyone Death Adder, mm. and he was like way overpowered compared to the other characters. So mm. I wanted to keep II, but I think you, yeah, I would have liked you to have yeah. kept II. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh, you know, Death Adder was just smashing everyone, so I had to keep mm. him. Had to put him in my team. Mm. Um, yes. And but then I got to a point in the campaign where the banter just stopped, um, and so I've had I've been playing it for like probably four days. I think I've probably played straight twenty four seven. I think I've probably played about maybe an hour, an hour and a half, and I'm already at a stage where I can't progress any further. Really? Um, how does it gate that? How do you? How are you not getting progression? Um, so my characters aren't powerful enough to win battles. So the way that it works is you have, um, you've got the grid with all the gems and they're all different colors. Mm -hmm. I think there's five colors and each character is kind of like in a class that is a color based on a color. Mm -hmm. Um, so whenever you match their color, they attack the enemy and they build up um, their magic power. When their magic power fills up, they can use a special move. Mm-hmm. Um, if you match four, it turns one of the gems into a star. And then if you match that one, they have another special move that they will use. Right. Um, so basically, that's how it works. Um, and so it's all just matching. So you can get better at matching, but then they're also just restricted by how much damage they do. And yep. you level them up by spending gold which you get from battles and stuff. So that's like the standard currency. Or you and then, can buy gold. 
you can buy gold. You can also buy these gems, which can unlock like more rare cards and stuff. And so, yeah, the whole thing is you collect tokens, uh, which relate to there's reagents, and which helps you level up your character's abilities. And then there's character tokens, which can make your characters go from like a one star version to like a two star version. Hmm. So that's like. And then, but they they also have their own level, which is where you spend your gold to level them up. Um, so I can't level them up anymore because my my game level, my character, my person level, because I have my own level. I have to I have to level up with experience so that I can level them up with gold. Um, and then I need reagents to level up their abilities. Um, so the only course of action I have now is to log in every day and open a free chest, which has like barely anything in it, or like keep grinding previous levels that I can beat, hmm. um, or, or spend five ninety nine <laughs> and get like a thousand gems. Hmm. Um, <laughs> so that's basically where I'm at now. Right, and it's yeah. I, I I like match three, so I'm I'm I like match three games. It's fun. I, I enjoy playing match three, and it's cool having like the Sega characters and everything. It's probably the most fun I've had playing a game like this out of all of these microtransaction type games. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's still just typical paywall thing, and I feel like I've hit it even faster than I have in any other game mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that's really frustrating about it, which I think is common in these types of games these days, is it keeps stopping you all the time because when it's the enemy's turn to attack, you can't match. Um, and one thing that Bejeweled does, which I love, is that it's more time-based. And I think Candy Crush is like this too, but I haven't really played it. You can. It's more about matching quickly than it is about necessarily matching strategically. So this game, because it's turn-based, every time you match, it's a turn. So you have to, you can stop and think about your match and try and like set up combos and stuff, which I'm sure lots of people enjoy. But when I'm just like casually playing, I think I I like that more skill-based, like quickly match as many as I can. And that can turn into a lot of combos because when you do multiple matches, everything's all falling down together and... Yeah, and I, I wish that it was more like that because hmm. um, those I find those really fun personally. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty much all I had to say about it. <laughs> okay. So you feel like you've reached the point where you're probably going to just stop playing? Yeah, well, there's just no point because hmm. it's like you can't really do anything. Hmm. I, I will... I'm not going to stop yet. I'll still play it. Um but I think I'll, it won't be long before I'll get to a point where, like, it's going to take too long to actually do anything. Mm. So, For people who are interested in match, match games, though, the best one is Puzzle Quest by far. It's the best match three oh, game. Oh, yeah. That's, that's on everything, isn't it? I think I played on yeah. the Xbox 360 mm. a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. I think it's I, a good game. I think I bought it on Steam and... I think before that, I had like a PopCap version or something, mm. maybe, or so, mm. like a, something like that. But it's, yeah, it's on DS. I'm pretty sure you can get it on mobile as well. Mm. But it's like an RPG, and it's a similar thing, but 
you just have your character, but each color is like a different type of spell. So every yeah. time you match the color, you do different types of attacks. And then you'll have certain enemies that, that might be like immune against certain types of attacks. So you need to match certain things. And it's not a microtransaction game. It's just a mm. normal game. Mm. So it's a lot more balanced and you never get to that point where it's not, yeah, yeah. that kind of game. Yeah. It's really, really fun and really well made. Mm. Yeah. Although I, I wonder if... If there are ones on mobile, hopefully they haven't turned them into microtransaction ones, but they probably have. Mm. Which sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have a problem with a game trying to make some money. I mean, mm-hmm. they they can't just throw these games out there for free and people mm-hmm. can play them as much as I like and, you know, they don't get anything back from it. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, artificially gating the game mm. to be able to get money out of people is wrong, in my opinion. Yeah, I would much prefer they charge one dollar or two dollars from the offset, yep. and you buy it, and then you just play it. Mm. That's right. The other gate in it is that you have these energy points, and you can use the energy points to play the game, and you get more energy points when you open the chest, which you can do like a couple of times a day. But yeah, basically they limit the amount that you can actually play. Hmm. So sometimes you go, I can't play anymore. (laughs) And you have to put it down and then come back the next day. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, I really don't like that. Yeah. It's weird. But but yeah, again, like it's pushing you to spending money because Hmm. you can buy a chest that has more energy points, Hmm. you know. And there's the five ninety nine chest, but you can buy the ten ninety nine chest that has like twenty dollars <laughs> worth of energy. Yeah. Or the fifty dollar chest. There's ones that are really expensive. Yeah. And it's and like look how whoa. much you're saving mm. by spending twenty dollars. Yeah. 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 It's like saving on what? Like something that is worth nothing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah, it's it's a real shame because I I don't mind microtransactions. Um, I spent lots of money in League of Legends getting character skins and that sort of thing, mm. and it's fun. Um, but, yeah, I don't like the way that it's designed to push you into spending money. Yeah. And basically, if you don't want to, you can't keep playing. Mm. You can, but you you basically can't because you can't progress any further, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, that's Sega Heroes. <laughs> yeah, it sounds interesting, but... Mm. But yeah, it's kind of... The whole gating thing. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I download them and I play them, but I have a thing about I will never, ever spend money on these games. Mm. I think because, that's a good philosophy to, yeah. to go with. And, and also, there's probably so many of them. You, you, there's so much to play anyway for free. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. You just move on to the next one Mm. or play a a proper game. (laughs) 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 Download Puzzle Quest. (laughs) Yeah, it is a shame though because I'd like to, like I see Adam from uh, Streets of Rage is in there and it'd be fun to unlock all those characters. Like there's obviously a lot of obscure characters Mm. in there. Mm. Yeah, I just wish they would do... 
a normal game like that. Anyway, I guess to me, like, Smash Brothers is a bit like that, you know? I think that's something I like about that. Hmm. Yeah, just the fact that all those more obscure characters are in there and it's like the character you love is in the game, Hmm. (laughs) you know? Um, There's at least someone for everyone. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's that's what makes those sort of games so fun and Mm. interesting it's like marvel vs capcom yeah is your favorite character in there and if it is then you get excited by that and you want to play them yeah that's the entire reason why i bought marvel vs capcom infinite yeah that's what it's called i was going to say ultimate that's smash (laughs) brothers no (laughs) infinite yeah yeah cool yep Mm mm-hmm For me, I have um, been playing Forza Horizon 4 on the Xbox One. So I resisted buying this game for quite a while. Mm. And the reason for that is that I didn't like Forza Horizon 3. Was that the one based in Australia? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, it's kind of funny because I, I read... Or listen to a bit of both. Um, lots of reviews and feedback and thoughts on Forza Horizon 4. Mm-hmm. People saying, oh my god, this is an amazing game. Best arcade racer, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the best arcade racer of all time, but the best you can get these mm-hmm. days. Gillette. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's another topic. <laughs> um, and... So I sort of got excited by that because I love arcade races. My favorite game of all time is Burnout Paradise. Mm-hmm. And I've been wanting a game like that for a long time because mm-hmm. I like those sort of games. Um, and so hearing those sort of reviews, uh, thinking, okay, well, maybe this is the game I've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Really keen to play a good arcade racer. I didn't like Forza Horizon 3. So matching... These people's thoughts and going back to what they said about Forza Horizon 3, I realized they were saying the same thing about Forza Horizon 3. Mm-hmm. So that sort of set me back again thinking, oh, well, obviously they love Forza Horizon 3. I didn't like it. Mm. Um, maybe I won't like it like 4, so mm. maybe I won't get it after all. But I eventually caved. I eventually <laughs> bought it. Mm-hmm. And part of that reason was because it was coming up to Christmas holidays. I was going to be at home for a week and a half. Mm -hmm. I knew the weather report was saying it was going to be stupidly hot. So I wasn't going to be getting into the arcade Mm -hmm. because it would be too hot. So I'm probably just going to be sitting in the air conditioning playing, you know, games on Xbox One or PS4. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to get Forza Horizon 4. Mm -hmm. And you finished Resident Evil 7? I haven't gone back to Resident Evil <laughs> 7 yet. That's I want okay. to. Okay. I want to. I haven't yet. <laughs> That's fine. 
Part I mean, of the reason is because I bought Forza Horizon 4. <laughs> your um, time is your own. I, I can't make you do anything. We've been over this topic true. before. That is true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've, I've put in a number of hours into Forza Horizon 4. And uh, I will say it is better than Forza Horizon 3. Um, I think the world is a lot better. I found in 3... It felt very, even though they were talking about how large the world was and, you know, it's an open world racing game, it just felt very restricted to me um, compared to even Burnout Paradise, mm-hmm. which, which felt very open and large. Um, Is that because in the outback there's just one road, really? And... <laughs> Not quite. Okay. No. Um, so it feels a little bit bigger, but at the same time it still feels... Small, I mean, the thing about Burnout Paradise and games like it that make it so great is that you have your your side roads and things you can sneak around, mm. but you also have this giant freeway where you can just sort of fly down these roads at the most blistering pace you can try and manage mm-hmm. whilst also dodging all the traffic and... Mm-hmm. And so on and so forth. And Burnout Paradise had one that almost looped the entire um, world. Mm -hmm. And it was just a stupid amount of fun. uh, Forza Horizon 3 and 4 suffer from the same thing where the the freeway, it has a freeway, but it's kind of cuts across the middle. Mm -hmm. And so it it, it has a start and an end. It doesn't loop back around. It never really feels like you quite get to where you want to be. but that aside, I mean, the other things that really annoyed me about Forza Horizon 3 was um, the sound. Mm-hmm. The sound is, I would say, really, really bad. I mean, it's mm. very, it's muffled. It, mm-hmm. When you're driving these these cars, you know, they're supercars, they're hypercars, mm-hmm. the sound needs to almost destroy your ears. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're sitting in these things... You need that feedback of a, of a car that's just mm. incredibly loud. Mm-hmm. Um, was that a common complaint in that game? No, it wasn't. Because hmm. I think I remember seeing like a promo piece about it where they were talking about putting mics inside the engine mm. and stuff. Mm. Or was that maybe a conversation we had? I don't know. No, I think they have done all of that sort of stuff. Right. But I just think the way they've designed the sound for whatever reason, it's just not, it doesn't feel as raw as, as what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just hard to, hard to explain. Mm-hmm. I mean, other games you might play, racing games, like I said, the, the, the engine sound is very raw. Um, Forza Horizon 2, for instance, when you're screaming down a track in, say, a, in a... Oh, sorry. I yeah. just remembered what it was. There was a YouTube video about sound design mm-hmm. in games mm-hmm. and one of the guys on, on it, like they interviewed these all these sound devices and one of them was uh, devices, designers. Mm-hmm. One of them was, is it Tommy Tellerico? Is it Tellerico? Uh, maybe. He's a guy <laughs> that did music for like um, Earthworm Jim and he's done lots of famous you know, 16-bit era music tracks and mm-hmm. 
he's a sound designer still obviously today Mm -hmm. um and there was two videos one about retro sound and one about modern sound and in the modern sound one the designer on forza was talking about what they did right uh yeah anyway sorry right yeah so i i think the sound in forza horizon has been a problem for a while Mm -hmm. so forza horizon 2 like i was about to explain you're screaming down a freeway or whatever the engine sounds are really loud. They sound really raw. They sound great. Mm. But there was a bug in it. Mm-hmm. So what would happen is that after a certain period of time, a certain sound effect, and I can't quite remember what, which one it was, something to do with turbo or whatever, it would just cut out and you'd never hear it again right. until you quit out of the game and then you go back into it. Mm. Um, and that ruined the game for me because, you know, you're, you're trying to play the game and immerse yourself in mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm but you're constantly just listening to see if that certain sound is there or not. Mm-hmm. And when you realise it's not, then, you know, you yeah. quit the game and you come back in again. Mm-hmm. They fixed that in Forza Horizon 3, mm-hmm. but the sound was never as loud or as raw as what it was in Forza Horizon 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, 4 is better, mm-hmm. but I don't know whether it's because they've, done you know certain things with the sound design or whether it's just the cars that you start with that are louder okay um it's kind of hard to tell mm. but it still has that issue where it's not just not giving you that mm. feedback mm. you know there was one example where i was in a race i was driving i was driving a mclaren 650s or something like that mm-hmm all the cars around me were just ridiculous sort of supercars hypercars lamborghinis mm. and you know I'm driving away at, at ridiculous speeds and my engine sound is really muffled and low and I can't hear any of the other cars. Mm. And then this Lamborghini screams past me and I just hear this sort of like mosquito sound. <laughs> and it just doesn't, you know, these these sounds should be just destroying your ears, right? Mm. They would be if you were outside the cars. Mm. And so, yeah, it's just really been an issue for me throughout the entire series and I feel like I'm the only person in the world who's complaining about it. Mm. I haven't heard anyone else talk about this. Mm. So it's just bizarre. Mm. But it is still a good game. I'm still enjoying it. Mm. Um, But it feels like it depends what car I'm driving. Mm. It's depending on what feedback I'm getting. Mm -hmm. So I don't know whether they have particular people who have designed the sound for particular cars. Mm. I don't know, but... Yeah. What are you listening to the game on? I've tried lots of things. Okay. I've tried the hi-fi speakers and stuff that I've got in my lounge room. I've tried headphones. I've tried earphones. I've tried powered earphones. Mm. I've tried going into the sound settings, turning everything else off except for the engine sounds. It just still sounds mm. muffled to me. Mm. Mm. It's bizarre. Hmm. One thing I remember that surprised me from that video that I watched about the sound design was that he was talking about actually using pitch shifting to that that locked that was connected to the RPM of the car. Hmm. Um, and I guess you know I've never really thought about how they would make those kinds of sounds sound realistic. Hmm. Maybe that's the best way to do it, but I was really surprised to hear that that's how they do it. Mm. Um, yeah, I'll have to find that video and link it to you. Mm. Not that there's 
it's not like it's in depth about that particular game, but I mean, it's interesting anyway. So mm. yeah, I have to find. Is this about Forza Horizon or Forza? Because they're uh, two different games. Oh really? Yeah. Forza's the <laughs> the simulation version, okay. where it's it's very very simulation based. Yep. Forza Horizon is the arcadey sort of version of that. I did not know that. Right. Okay. <laughs> I don't. That might not make a difference. They might actually use the it same. Could be sounds. the same sounds. Yeah. yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you you use the same sounds? Why would you do it twice? Mm. And I'm sure they put a lot of work into all that sort of stuff. Mm. And what I have noticed is um, I use the cockpit view. So, you know, you're sitting there and uh, you can see the steering wheel and mm. stuff like that. If you bounce out to other camera views, so in front of the car mm. or behind the car, the engine sound is a lot louder. Mm. So maybe no one else drives cockpit view. Mm. So no one else notices it. Well, that's I something know. that I think that's something that between an arcade style game and a simulation style game I would expect it to be different because when you're in a car like that it probably does sound muffled in the cab yeah, realistically it should. it should but then but not to that extent in an arcade game you'd want to hear the engine <laughs> yeah but I also it almost feels like to me that they put in this artificial like you know Okay, if you're in the cockpit view, then the engine sound's going to be minus thirty percent, and that's just an artificial number they've chucked on there. They Mm -hmm. haven't tested it per car or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Um, So that it doesn't sound different; it just sounds quieter. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not what I would expect, Mm. because that's not certainly not what it's like in real life. Mm. I mean, a lot of these hypercars and stuff like that. Um, the drivers have to actually put on headphones mm. to be able to, you know, um, talk to other people in the mm. car and and not get their ears blasted mm. out because they're bloody loud. Mm. So when you're not getting that feedback when you're playing the game, it just mm. doesn't feel right. Right. Um, yeah, I can't say I've been in one of those cars. No, I can't say <laughs> I have either. But yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that makes sense because the, don't they? They remove a lot of parts like there's yep. baffling and stuff mm. in cars and if it was a racing car they would just take all that stuff out mm. Yeah. Mm. so yeah but it's still a cool game i'm still really enjoying it mm-hmm. um it's just a constant frustration that i'm having to deal with mm. <laughs> and i feel like i'm the only person in the world who cares about it mm. i haven't seen anyone else talk about mm. the fact that the sound sounded I think the average gamer doesn't think about sound. Mm, Or I could be wrong. Mm. You know, maybe this is what the cars sound like when you're in the car. I think, yeah. I mean, that's possible too, I guess. You know, there's these sorts of things are generally only imagined by the average man, right? Like, Mm. it's like the sound of a gun, you know. Mm. I don't know what a gun sounds like. Mm. I've never heard a real gun being shot before. I mean, I'm sure lots of people have in normal life, but, you know, how can I critique, you know, a gunshot sound in a game when I have no idea what a gun really sounds like? Mm. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking about that after playing Alien Alien Trilogy on PlayStation 1 because the pistol has a really, like, like this really weird 
gun sound and i actually like it like it's kind of it really exaggerated um i don't know if it's realistic i don't yeah. think it, i don't yeah, think yeah. it's realistic i mean it's sci-fi so doesn't necessarily have to be. I think I was thinking about it because I of the pulse rifle sound. I was thinking about the different gun sounds and mm. you know, yeah. But I don't know what a gun sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> I think it goes back to what we've talked about many times: is that sound is so important. Mm. It provides that feedback to mm. the player mm. that something really cool is happening. Yeah, and if you're not getting that feedback, then it just feels, you know, still. Yep. Cool. Yeah. All right. So should we close this one out then? Okay. So thanks for listening to Game the System podcast. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is on Game the System forums at gamethesystem.co. You can also reach out to us via email at feedback at gamethesystem.co. You can reach me on Twitter at Mark's Tweet. That's at M-A-R-C-S underscore Tweet. John Twitches over at twitch.tv slash Huego, H-W-A-Y-G-O. That's right. And Matt no longer streams stuff on his Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash BSS is watching you. All one word, <laughs> no spaces. <laughs> um, and that's it. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.